0: Well, Welcome back. We're going to be uh, wrapping up a series today called Reclaim the Joy. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the story of the shepherds from Luke chapter 2. And just trying to ask the question, what can we learn from them about really reclaiming that joy that we believe God wants us to have in our lives? Uh, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And sometimes I think we live beneath the birthright that God has given to us. And how do we really step into that and reclaim that? And that's what we've been looking at uh, over these last few weeks. Today, we want to wrap that story up and uh, talk about how do we move forward into the new year. You ready? If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with me. Uh, Remind you that the Bible's in the front of the pews right there. Those are our gift to you. If you'd like to take one of those home, feel free to do so uh, or take one for a friend. Let's look at the passage from Luke chapter 2. And when the shepherds had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, when I, was, when I was working on this series, and, um, and I do this frequently when I'm, when I'm looking at scriptures that are real familiar, I'm, I'm asking God to give me, give me a fresh look, give me a new insight, help me see something that I haven't seen before. And one of the things in, in this passage, when I read this part, there was something that kind of stood out to me that, again, I'd never really made the connection before, but I thought it was a really good thought, and one particularly for us as we head into the new year, and it's this. Um, I want you to notice that the shepherds when they left the baby and went back to the fields they took their joy with them it wasn't just in the moment by the manger there in the barn but when they went back to their jobs when they went back to where they were that joy was still alive in their hearts. And I sat back and I, and I just spent some time reflecting on that because sometimes when we, when we talk about, you know, really leaning into the story of Jesus being born and what that means, and, you know, there's a spark of joy that happens. But the question is, how do we keep that joy alive? Um, it was really, really funny. Um, we're a part of a uh, called a, I think it's called Nextdoor. It's an app uh, for our neighborhood where you can you know, kind of post things of things that are going on in the neighborhood so you can kind of keep up with things that you need to be alerted to. I thought this was so interesting. The day after Christmas, somebody posted this on a thing. It says, my husband got a drone for Christmas and we took it outside and it went super high and now we can't find it. <laughs> we live on Southeast 10th and it went north. Let us know if it landed near your house. And when I read this, I thought, wow, it doesn't take long for Christmas joy to fly away, does it? You know? How many of you have ever got something you really liked on Christmas and broke it on the same day? Anybody ever do that? Yeah, it's like, you know, this stuff. And it reminded me that, you know, so much of the stuff that we hold dear in this world just doesn't last. And so many of the things that we look to to bring us stimulation or happiness, it quickly fades away. But what Jesus talked about with his disciples when he left was a joy that would remain. And I started thinking this week, I started thinking about this, how do we, how do we keep that joy alive? You know, Christmas is, a, is an uptime and we think about the birth, but how do we, moving into the new year, how do we keep that joy going? And what's so interesting is, as I was, as I was processing that, um, the things that I started thinking of correlated really well with what we're challenging you with in this new year as these five lenses for 2020. You know, each year we try to give you some challenges of how to take a step forward uh, in your faith. And it was interesting to me as I started thinking about how we keep joy alive, these five lenses are exactly how we do that. So if what I'm talking about today sounds really familiar to the stuff you're going to be reading, it's because it is. Now, how many of you are ready to put 2019 behind you and really move into 2020? You ready for a new year? And how are you going to really keep that joy going in your life? Are you ready? Here we go. You can take notes as we, as, as, as we move quickly through this. Here's the first one. I want, you, I want to challenge you to find a verse... For your joy to stand on, find a verse for your joy to stand on. And here's what I mean by that. Next week, we're going to launch a, a brand new series called "Your Verse." And the big idea behind that is the fact that uh, God gives us verses. That we can hold on to that can sometimes define us and how we want our lives to be, they can be promises that we live by, and sometimes those are become life verses now let me just pause for a second. how many of you have a life verse a favorite verse of scripture that 's just been your your favorite verse for a long long time Anybody? yeah, okay cool, and, and what you 're going to find out next week as we kick this off over by the gym doors you 're going to see the, this big board up there that says your verse, and we 're going to encourage you the staff we 're going to have all of our verses up there, uh, put the reference in the verses, and we're going to give you a chance to have markers and write your verse up there, um, because we, we want to encourage all of us to, to find a verse that we think God wants to give you. And, and again, like mine, when I talk about mine next week, it's a verse that's been a, a significant verse for me for, you know, well over 40 years now. And it's, it's a verse that's just been near and dear to my heart, and one that I think God has challenged me to live by. For some of us, it's not necessarily a life verse. It's a verse for this season or part of our life. Um, sometimes we're walking through a time and, and we need something to hold on to. And you know what? God gives us a verse for just a time as that. Come on, this is just us. How, how many of you have ever had a time like that where you've walked through a difficulty and you felt like God gave you something today? Yeah, throw that passage of scripture up on the screen. I, I love what the psalmist says. Read it with me out loud my soul is weary with sorrow, strengthen me according to, according to what? Your word. In in other words, what the psalmist is saying is that, you know, when God, when I I look into your word, I find hope. I I, I find strength. I I find something that I I, I can hold on to. I I love when it talks about God's promises. Throw that next verse up on the screen says, the Lord, read it with me, church, the Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. And you may be right now in a season of life, you may be walking through something, and and, and I just want to encourage you just to to reach out and say, God, show me, would you show me a verse that I can hold on to, a promise that I can claim, something that will just keep me solid and steady through this period of time. Um, Now, I was reading of a guy named David he was writing a blog about um, just going through a really hard time when his father was critically ill. And the doctors were not giving David much hope of his father's survival. And David said, you know, I, I felt in my heart that my, God, my father was to live. He said, I just felt like it wasn't his time. But I, I, I began to pray, and he said, God, I, I need something to hold on to. You know, I don't know if this is you or if this is just a son, you know, wanting, wanting dad to live, but I, I, need, I need to hear from you. And he said, he was, as he was reading in James 5, he said, God gave him this verse from James 5, 16. It says, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And David said, you know, I read that, and I felt like that was God speaking that to me, telling me. David, your prayers matter. And he said, so I just began to pray. And he said, every day I would just get up and I would quote that verse. And he said, when I, when I would talk to the doctors, he said, whether it was good news or bad news, he said, I would hold on to that verse. And he said, and I would just keep praying every single day. And he said, I gotta tell you, that verse was what kept me going. He said, there were times I, I could feel myself growing discouraged and I'd say, no, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. I, God, I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're gonna do, but the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective and he writes the story to go on and talk about how his father had a miraculous turnaround and as his father was uh, you know coming out of the hospital you know, he said I, I've just shared everywhere that I really felt like that was that was what God gave me to stand on in a time when my legs of faith grew weak and, and I want to encourage you uh, look at me for a second God gave us his word for a reason and he gave us something so that we would have something in those moments when we really need it. You know, I, I was thinking about our, our journey of faith, and, you know, sometimes we think about our journey of faith, we think about a path, and every once in a while you might see a, a picture of a, of a path through a forest or something like that. That's kind of like the path of life. But when I thought about it, I thought, no, I think really our journey of faith is a little bit more like this it's stepping stones. And I've walked back through my own journey and just thinking about how, you know, I feel like God has helped me step somewhere and find something strong and steady to stand on and and he holds me secure and I hold that and then I step into another season of life and he gives me something sure and steady to stand on and I hold into that and I step into another season of life and I find something sure and steady And and I really believe that that's more of the path of faith. And our, our, my prayer for you, and our prayer for you as a staff, is not only that you will find a life verse that will be a defining verse, my prayer for you is that you'll find that Scripture can be something that you can hang on to, your very present help in your time of need, because that's what can keep our joy alive, amen? Now, let me tie a tangent to that, and that is stoke your joy regularly with God's Word and worship. Stoke your your joy regularly with God's word and worship. Don't just find a verse. Find a way to create a path where you're leaning into God's word on a regular basis. Uh, And again, you're going to begin seeing next week we're going to talk about, you know, what's your path? What's your path that you're going to follow to to really connect with God? And we're going to make available to you uh, plans for reading the Bible, uh, ways that you can study the Bible. We're going to make available to you opportunities for having devotions where you can reflect on God's word and let it it speak to you that way. Let me show you this. Throw that picture up for me, would you? That's a a big redwood tree from Northern California. Did you see in the news just the other day the redwood tree that fell over? Did anybody see that story? That was a 200-foot redwood tree uh, that, 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 that fell um, and actually killed a hiker, a uh, guy from Minnesota who happened to be uh, up in Northern California hiking and injured another hiker, but got away. Um, that, this, those trees, how many of you have ever been to Northern California and seen those trees of redwoods and sequoias? They are massive. They're just unbelievable. Uh, they're so big. Um, and when you see them, they're, they're so big and, they're, and they look so strong, you can't imagine something like that just falling over. But redwood trees have very shallow roots. Uh, instead of having being going, re, roots going down deep, they have roots that typically go out. And they really lot rely on their roots interconnecting inter, uh, with other roots to hold them strong. And what happened in Northern California was they've had a lot of rain. And the rain weakened the soil and made the soil loose. And finally to a point where the roots just pulled out and this 200-foot tree, if you can imagine, topples over. Well, I, when I thought of that, I, I thought of exactly what I'm talking about right now. Here's the deal. You need your roots to go deep. Amen? You need your roots to go deep. I say this all the time. If the only connection with God you're getting is a 30-minute message on Sunday morning, you are not nearly going to be strong enough to face what life brings your way. Jesus promised us in, in John 16:33, in this world, you will have trouble. How many have found that to be true? You're going to have it. Trouble's going to come. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. And the question is, are you going to be prepared for that trouble? Well, here's what I want to assure you. You need to find a regular path to get God's word into you to make you strong and for those roots to go deep. Does that make sense to you? I love the passage of scripture. Throw it up here. Read it with me, church. Your words are what sustain me. They are food for my hungry soul. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and they delight me. God's word can do that for you. And I also thought of not just the word, but something for me that is really meaningful too is worship. Um, Worship is my, my path to God. Um, I don't know how you are, but you know, just a few moments ago as we, as we were worshiping together, there's something about music for me that just reaches deeper into me than other things do. And, and I know we're all wired up a little differently, but one of the discoveries I've made is as I keep worship alive in my life, it's another way that God continues to fuel that joy in my heart and my life. And, uh, you know, I, I love, there's all kinds of, I mean, I grew up in the 60s gang. I mean, I, I grew up back in the, you know, the, the, the Beatles and, you know, Mick Jagger and all that kind of, back when, back when music was good. You remember, you remember that, you remember those days. But one of the things I've, I've realized is, you know, worship music touches me in a profound way. And as I lean into that, you know, and it's so available now through, whether through the radio or through our phones and, you know, Spotify or whatever it is that you use. I mean, there's just so many different ways that we can allow that to touch us. And God will. You want to keep that joy alive? Lean into it regularly. You know, just this last week, I had a day I was at the, um, I was at the gym and I was on the Stairmaster and I was, I was listening to... Um, been listening to some worship music and, and I've been wrestling with some stuff in my own life and, and as I drove home, as I pulled into the garage, um, a song came on and the best way I can say it is I, I know that was God's song for me that day and I pulled into my garage and I just sat there and, and I just bawled like a baby. And I just felt like God reached down and wrapped his arms around me there in that moment. Now, I I want you to get this, because this is so important. Sometimes we think this is the only place that we can really worship. You know, I was nasty and sweaty. Uh, I was sitting in a garage, not in a sanctuary. And God met me there. And what I've discovered is the more moments in my life that I make available to God like that, the more that he can stoke that joy to life in me. Does that make sense to you? I love the passage of Scripture from it up on the screen here. Colossians 3, Paul said, Remember what Christ taught and let his words enrich your lives and make you wise. Read it with me, church. Teach them to each other and sing them out in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to the Lord, with thankful hearts pastor steve how do i in 2020 how do i really keep the joy of god alive in my life find a path in his word and keep his worship regular in his in your life amen let me give you another one discover the joy of being a living blessing discover the joy of being a living blessing The beginning of, of God's covenant with mankind goes with Abram in Genesis chapter 12. And if you remember what God said to Abram, he said, you know, I want you, to, I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. But here's what he said. He said, I'm going to make you a blessing. In fact, the entire world will be blessed through you. When I thought about what does it really take to keep joy alive? One of the things I thought about is you know it, like in this a few moments ago sitting in times of worship when you've got great people leading and all that that's really it's really cool to be on the receiving end of that and be blessed by that. But there's a deeper level of joy. And that's when you open your life up for God to use you to be a blessing. Now here's my thought for you. In 2019, how did you how did you let God use you to be a blessing. Because that's where you're going to find joy like no other. I love the passage of scripture, Ephesians. Throw that up on the screen. Read it with me, church. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love it. What did he call you? A masterpiece. And you are. You are uniquely created and gifted by God. But not just to sit on a shelf or sit in a pew. God has created you for good works that he planned for you a long time ago. And I'm going to tell you, it's when you begin to allow him to use you that way, that's when you're going to experience the blessing on a whole new level. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, we understand that on a financial sense. That man, you know, it's really nice when you're hurting and you ha- have need, and somebody meets that need for you financially. That's a blessing. But man, isn't it even a deeper blessing when you have the opportunity to bless somebody else that way? And it's the same way in every part of life, whether it's through that or whether it's through simply through serving. Yeah. You know, when I was working on this, I, I just stopped and I just started to think back over the last couple weeks and just begin to think about. Um, how, in the life of our church, how some of us just let God use us to, to be used as a living blessing. And here's a few things I thought of that I just thought, these, these were just really cool. Throw that picture up on the screen. Week and a half ago, we got a chance um, to do caroling down at, uh, at the airport um, for the soldiers who were returning home for Christmas from uh, Fort Bragg, uh, down in Lawton, from Fort Sill. And it was, it's so interesting because like in a two night span, there's like 1,500 soldiers or more that come through the airport. And our connection with Early Wine Park YMCA, who staffs the Military Welcome Center, we were given the opportunity, would you like to have some people, you know, come and just do some caroling? Well, it was late at night, and we met here at the church at 12 o'clock, and, uh, you know, got to there. We were caroling from like 1230 in in, in the night until, you know, maybe 1 or 115, and, you know, we're getting home at 2 in the morning. It was a a long, very, very, very late night. But, you know, it was so cool. You walk in there, it's baggage claim, and here's all of these hundreds of soldiers everywhere. Throw that next picture up. And, you know, they're going through the Military Welcome Center in Hawaii. We're providing uh, food, providing pizza and sandwiches. By the way, if you ever, you ever read about in Bible times about the locusts that come in and eat like that? If you want a picture of that, follow a group of guys coming out of boot camp when they're hitting the pizza line, man. I mean, it was wild watching how much those skinny little guys could put away. It was crazy. But they were getting, they were getting food. Throw this next picture up. And we had a chance, a whole group of us. This is from the second night. We had 14, I think, the first night, 17, the second night. But we had a chance just to, to, to stand up and do some caroling with them, throw that next picture up. And uh, our group, and, and it was so cool watching. And we had a couple of soldiers who got up and actually, I think actually there were three of them total, that, that got up and started singing with us. And it was, so, it was just so neat. They got up, and this guy right here on the end was from Houston, throw that next picture up. And he and I got into a duet. It was just kind of a... <laughs> Kind of a really cool, really cool thing. Now, question to you. Do you think that singing and passing out candy cane, do you think that was a blessing to the soldiers? Absolutely. You could see them smile. They were so grateful. Um, one of the guys that came up and sang just told us, you know, how how much this just lifted his heart and just made him feel like, you know, he was so excited he was going home. As we took candy canes throughout all the soldiers and got them get grab one of those big candy canes. They were so, you know, thank you, sir, thank you, sir. You know, they were so they were so grateful. But here's what I want you to understand. We who sang, we were the blessed ones. We might have made them happy, but I'm gonna tell you. When we left the airport, even though it was really late at night, our hearts were filled with joy. There is something meaningful about doing something for someone else that lifts your spirit. Does this make sense to you? It was like last Sunday night. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Last Sunday night, we got a chance to take 40 people caroling to uh, to some of our shut-ins, and we got to visit some some different places. and And this is one of the places that we visited down to Village on the Park, where Sue Stelter was. and And uh, and how cool! Now, I want you to watch this short video clip of just just watches as, as we had a chance to sing and and our little girls taking candy canes and. Food. Think those folks were blessed? Absolutely. It's so interesting when you look into the faces of people who are in places like that. Some of them who don't have regular guests and visitors, and it touches them deeply that you're there. And to watch some of those older folks sit there with tears rolling down their face was was incredibly moving. But can I tell you something? We were the ones who were blessed. We walked out of there with a lot more joy, I promise you, than we gave to them. There is something about letting God use you in those ways that blesses you deeply. Can I give you one more? Throw that next picture up. A couple weeks ago, we had our, our, our children's program here. They they sang along with our choir. How many of you were here for that? Yeah. And it was just so amazing, with the job that our kids did. Throw that next picture up. Um, Autumn with her her singing and all of them who did the the candy cane factory did that. And uh, the kids gathering around. The most perfect baby Jesus ever. (laughs) Just ever. Now, for those of you who are here for that, how many of you were blessed by that? Can I tell you someone who had a greater level of joy? It were all those people who were working with those kids to prepare for that moment. It were those who got a chance to see the fruit of their labors being lived out in the children that they worked with week after week after week. There is something deeply moving about knowing that you've made an eternal impact on the life of a child. when When we talk about finding your place... Find a place to serve. Look at me, gang. I love you. You weren't saved to sit. You were saved to serve. And wherever that place is, whatever that might be, God wants to use you in ways that you cannot, you can't explain other than when you give yourself away, you are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Let me give you one more. Lose that extra weight. I know I've gone from preaching to meddling. (laughs) Now I'm not talking about weight, weight. Even though I'm going to admit I got a few pounds I could lose. Yeah, how many else? How many else got a few pounds in the new year? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know we, we admit that. But but what I'm talking about is what what are the things that block our joy? What are the weights in our life that really keep us from fully being who God's calling us to be? What are the things that are really keeping us from, from becoming the person that we want to be? What, what are those weights? Have you dealt with those? Have, have you really faced the issues in your life? Have you faced the hurts? Have you faced the habits? Have you faced the hang why I can't tell you how excited I am about this step group that's starting up. You know, because that's the beginning for some of us of a new level of freedom that we've never experienced before. Um, I love how he says it in Hebrew, throw it up on the screen for me. Read it with me, Church. Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And I want to challenge you. That's why in the, in the, in the uh, five lenses that we talk about for 2020, we talk about, you know, find your lid. What, what is it that's keeping you from growing? What is it that, that's keeping you from becoming? What is it that's keeping you from reaching new levels in your walk and relationship with God? It's one thing to pour, let God's word pour into you. It's a different piece to say, you know what? There's also some weight I need to lose. There are some things in my life I need to rid myself of so that God can bless me and grow me the way that he wants to bless me and grow me. One more. Get connected. Get connected. Throw that picture up here for me. Anybody know who they are? Anybody? Who is it? Come on. Elsa and who? Anna. Yeah. How many of you saw Frozen 2? Come on, Alex. Hold your hand up. I know you did. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We had our our grandkids have been in town, and so we we took them last week to see Frozen 2. And uh, really good storyline. In this movie, uh, Elsa, on the left, with the long blonde hair, she has a superpower. Uh, she can manipulate ice and snow and water and uh, and it 's just interesting in the story because because she has this superpower, Elsa sometimes thinks that she can do things on her own and the storyline behind a movie is the reminder. That no matter who you are or what kind of superpower you think you have, you need other people. Look at me. Make eye contact. You were not created to be alone. We were created to live in community. And one of the things I know that happens is that whenever we try to do life on our own, those are the times when the enemy really leans in and beats us up. We need each other. I don't care what kind of superpower you have or you think you have. We need each other. Amen? And one of the ways that we keep that joy alive is making sure that we've got some people in our lives that we're connected to. People that we can share our joys with, that will share that joy with us. People that we can share our problems with, that can help us carry those burdens. Get connected. I love the passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Read it with me, church. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Find your people. Get connected. God doesn't want you in 2020 to walk alone. Rachel, go ahead and come. I'm going to ask my prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and take your places as well. As we wrap up 2019 and and, and take a step into 2020 here in this next week, how are you going to keep your joy alive? Maybe there are some things from this last year you just need to let go of. Maybe there are some things that you need to put behind you, and maybe as you listened this morning, maybe there are some things that you identified and said, yeah, you know what, I need need a little more of this in my life. Rachel's going to lead us in a song. It's a a beautiful old chorus that simply says, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And maybe you've grown a bit weary. Um, Maybe you've grown a little bit discouraged. Maybe you felt a little bit weighted down. Maybe you came today struggling with some stuff and you need God to just breathe into you. Just a fresh new breath of life. And this morning you can lean into him and pray that prayer right where you are, but um, we have prayer partners that are, are all four corners of the room. Be more than happy to pray with you about anything going on in your life. Any, be more than happy to pray with you about something that you're facing or something that you're wanting to let go of. Uh, maybe if you just need someone to pray over you and to say, you know what, I'm just tired. And I just need God to breathe into me today. If you'd like one of them to pray with you, they'd be more than happy to do that. While we sing this chorus, if you want to slip out and go to one of them, they'll be more than happy to do that. After we sing this chorus through just a couple of times, I want to pray for us today. And I'm going to ask that God would help us in 2020 to to not just reclaim the joy, but keep that joy alive in our lives every single day. Father, this morning... um, My prayer is that you would just stretch out your hand to this place. Lord, I know there are some people who came in hurting today that just need a fresh touch from you. I know that there are some people who came in tired and weary and just need you to breathe into them, Lord, a little bit more of your breath of life. Father, for all of us, I think there are probably um, a desire to, to really move to a deeper level of joy in 2020 and... Lord, I pray that you would help us to do our part to make that possible. There are so many ways that you want to pour out yourself upon us. Would would you help us to step into that? Would you help us to make the commitment to step into your word in a deeper way this year? Would you help us to realize that, Lord, you created us for good things. and. Father, for each and every one of us to to find places to serve and places to be a part of the work that you're doing that we might experience the joy of being a living blessing. I pray, Father, that you would help us to truly confront those lids in our life that are holding us back and allow you to break the chains, maybe of things that have been binding us for years. And, And God, would you teach us how to live in community? Lord, I'm so grateful that you didn't put us on earth to live all by ourselves. But your word says that you set the lonely in families. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to find our places where we belong and our people that we belong to. We know we can't be friends with everyone, but God, would you give us a few to share the journey with? that will pray for us when we need someone to pray for us someone that we can pray for when they need someone to pray for them someone to share our sorrows someone to share our joys Father I pray that as we step into a new year that this would be a new beginning so many of us are ready to close the door on 2019 would you help us to write a brand new story one that would bless you and honor your name. Help us in this year to become a little bit more of the men and women of God that you created us to be. In your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen, amen.